how do we love our kids well? How do we gently release them and still love them well, no matter what they're doing? We have a huge role still as the moms. It's just different. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Midlife Moms podcast. And I am so excited to bring aboard another Midlife Mama. It is Pamela Woman, who is the host of the Midlife Mama podcast. So Pamela, welcome. It is so good to be here. It's so fun to find other Midlife Mamas. <laughs> it is. And um, I'm just going to share with our listeners a little bit about yourself. Pamela is a um, number one encourager and you will love her bubbly personality, but she loves to encourage women. She has a heart for forgotten moms, the one with adult children. And I know that is many of us here in our midlife. She helps uh, midlife moms navigate their changing role with adult children so they can have stronger relationships. She is a midlife mindset coach for moms. She's a speaker, a writer, and the host of the Midlife Mama podcast, living her best empty nest life with her hubby, the pastor. They have five grown kids and two grandsons. And for fun, she enjoys deep conversations over coffee, belly laughs, and cooking flavorful food. And you can find Pamela. We'll have all of her information at the end of the show, but I want everyone also to check out her Instagram account because that's where I got connected with Pamela and you will love the joy and adventure, um, addressing real life problems, but she brings so much humor and fun to our midlife. So Pamela, welcome. It is so good to be here. So tell us, um, Pamela, a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your, your family. Yes. So I have been an empty nester for, I think we're going on the fourth year. We have five kids. Four of them are married. I cannot believe it. All of them are done with college. We're like, who are we? And how did we get here? <laughs> My husband and I have been in um, pastoral ministry for 22 years. And we walk around often saying, I can't believe we can do whatever we want. We get to do whatever we want. <laughs> I think that's the, that's what I love about this season is just rediscovering new things. Um, I feel like moms have such a struggle with what do I do now? Once our kids are grown, because we were so invested in our kids and it was our calling. And then when they leave, we're like, well, what are we supposed to do now? You know, I feel like our children growing up and leaving is as big a transition as when we became moms and yet no one talks about it. And so we're all just walking around going, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. This feels hard. I'm grieving, but I'm relieved, but I don't know. All these emotions to sort through and to navigate and how do we love our kids well? That's the question. In this season, when we, when we aren't in charge anymore, how do we gently release them and still love them well, no matter what they're doing, whether they are walking with God, whether they aren't walking with God, whether they're doing great, whether they're struggling, we have a huge role still as their moms. It's just different. Yeah. And I loved what you said. I, what you said really resonated with me, especially when I was writing Fledge. So we have four kids and, and we were talking before we recorded this, you have five. And I was really stuck when my third one was ready to go to college. And I found myself with all of these emotions 
and feeling that awkwardness of midlife and feeling, um, I mean, I still had one who was in high school yet when my third one went to college and we had another one in college. We had one who was a missionary already out of college. And it was kind of like, I thought I was doing really well humming along. And all of a sudden I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. Why, why does everything feel so vulnerable? And um, a gal who was a few steps ahead of me said very, something very similar to what you said, which is like, we, we shed tears when we birth a baby and we go through this huge transitional process. Our body goes through this um, very big transformation when we have that first baby. Mm-hmm. And it happens the same at the same time, our last one um, is leaving. And it was such a, a really a, a visual gift of God's gift to us in yes. really understanding that we do go through just as many life changes through our, our body and our emotions when our kids release. And really, I don't think there's any other transformational life stage that are as significant as that first birth and having the empty nest. I would completely agree. (laughs) Yep. And no one's talking about it. Why is no one talking about it? Because we're all walking through it. And why is no one talking about it? Yeah. I don't understand it. Well, and so, yeah, I think what are some of your thoughts about that? Why do you think um, people are not talking about it? That I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I just, I thought, well, Lord, you've brought me through this and I'm an encourager. So I'm going to start talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem right. It doesn't, I don't know if it's that people think we're supposed to have things figured out by now, you know, like we're grown, we're fully grown. Right. Right. <laughs> we should just know. Yeah. You know, a few observations. That's a really good question to ask. Like, why aren't people talking about this? And I know when I kind of reached that awkward really feeling stuck moment, like life was full, right? And you're in the midst of that kind of generation that everyone focuses on the the moms raising kids. And all of a sudden I wasn't a mom really raising kids anymore. I mean, I had two successfully launched. I had two that were still at home, but they were in high school and I had done this already. I kind of knew how to do it, but no one was addressing, like I found no one was talking about the, the stage of adjusting. Like there's, there, there is stuff out there about empty nesters. You know, it's kind of the, when you're a grandma and, you know, yeah. Celebrate it. Yeah. Kind of the empty nest, but more the senior citizen. Yeah. Yeah. We're too young for that. Yeah. And, (laughs) and, and I found, I found that, um, I was in my mid to late forties and I was finding that I wasn't a grandma yet. I still was raising kids, but I was midlife, but I was the older mom. I wasn't the younger mom anymore. And Pamela, I don't know about you. I know we're both probably, if not the same age, very much the same generation. We are Gen X, probably Gen X. Like, what was your perception of midlife moms when you were maybe a younger mom? Because I think, I personally think that's one reason we don't talk about it a lot because we all have this perception of midlife, of being this like, frumpy old lady with a fanny pack and <laughs> the snowman on her sweater who yes I who, never thought of her I never I, once thought of her no and we don't we don't grow up thinking oh I can't wait to be a midlife mom right yeah no we don't <laughs> so what was your perception of that midlife mom as you were a younger mom 
I really didn't, honestly didn't think about her. I was so focused on what I was doing that I didn't look ahead. I honestly didn't look ahead. I don't know why, but then when I was in it, I was like, what in the world? Like, I remember driving by the high school longingly going, oh, I wish I could go back and just hang out with the kids and their friends and the parents because you had community. You, our lives revolved around our kids. And now in the season, like I can really do whatever I want, which I can't believe it. So it took me so long to figure that out. And actually I started my writing career in this season because I was like, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do? Yeah. So yeah. And yours, I think you really identified a lot of that feeling of loneliness. Um, I know Amelia and I have talked about that a lot too. Uh, the interesting thing about um, Amelia and I, the co-host of our podcast, um, but she's kind of coming from the forties midlife and I'm yeah. coming from the early fifties midlife. And what you've identified really is what your uh, passion really is for is for that midlife mom and really encouraging her. Mm-hmm. And what do you find? Like I love already, as you've been sharing is you see the sunny side of midlife. Tell me about what are some of the aha moments that you captured once you really, I guess, stepped into the role of being a midlife mama who has new opportunities that you didn't have when your kids were home. Yes. I think that's been the greatest thing. I mean, I am living some great days doing what I love to do. And I can't believe that when I chose to focus on my kids and pastoral ministry, like that consumed me, there was no margin for me. There was zero margin. Like when people talk about longing, I'm like, my longing was so buried (laughs) behind all the things that I had to do. Now in this season of life, I can pull it out and say, here it is, God, what, what should we do with it? And he's leading me and he's showing me, and that's beautiful. And I, I, it grieves me when moms say, you know, well, my motherhood is ending. Well, first of all, our motherhood never ends. (laughs) Once a mom, always a mom, but it will morph and it will change. And it's supposed to, because God has things for us in this season that we could not do before. And so we can rejoice in that and look forward to it. And I don't know, I feel like in our culture, we're doing much better at being pro-aging. It's not like we're not our moms in midlife. It's just, it's just different. I mean, I don't, I don't feel 57. I maybe feel 45. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I think you look great. I think that's one thing I really love is that <laughs> everyone needs to go and follow uh, Pamela on Instagram because you will just be inspired by your, um, your beauty. And I think you are a beautiful example of how to age well. And Thank you. Just die, ditch the die. Number rule. Number one, ditch the die. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be one of those hard and fast. So, um, as we're recording this, I actually don't have any makeup on. I didn't do anything. Today's a writing for me. So thank goodness we don't see visuals, but, um, I often joke because I kind of, um, so I used to be a runner and I, um, tore my ACL when I was 44, I just run a half marathon about three months later, I was playing basketball at the school where I counseled, um, in a staff student basketball game and tore my ACL. So like, so like my body isn't as, 
uh, I guess says in shape is what it used to be. Yeah. And so I kind of joke about the only thing I've left are my eyes and my hair. So there you go. You know, and it's and beautiful. So, well, and so, so I'm going to be a dyer probably for a good, uh, another, another decade or so, but there are several women, including yourself and, um, friends of mine who are letting their natural gray grow out. And I do think that is such a beautiful testament. I think we give strength to one another when we really do live confidently in the skin and in the life stage that God is, has yeah. us to. Yeah. Yeah. What is one of your greatest, the thing that you have been embracing the most personally in, in midlife? Oh gosh. I think, um, it it's, it's time to linger with God more. I love that. I really love that. You know, our today happens to be the, the anniversary of me coming to know Jesus 37 years ago. So I think, wow, I've walked with Jesus that long and just seeing what Jesus has done and knowing him and, the longer I walk with him, the more I just want to be with him. And I want his voice matters more to me than anyone else's. That is a perspective that I think is a huge, um, thought that maybe midlife moms, like it may be new to them mm. because don't you think sometimes that for us as moms, we tend to look to our children's kind of um, we want to linger with our kids. Right. So really, I think uh, uh, for a lot of us in our parenting experience, we may have put our children on a pedestal above God, yeah. even yeah. though we've been walking with God. And even though yeah. we're um, actively involved in ministry yeah. in church, Yeah. Um, but I love that you see this perspective rather than what you've lost, mm-hmm. you see opportunity. So like mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to linger with God. Um, what are some of those other opportunities that you have really embraced in midlife that are kind of the sunny side that maybe some moms have a hard time seeing? Yeah. Especially for the mom who has a child who has rejected their faith. Mm-hmm. My heart goes out to her. I, the last Um, this month in January, I'm doing three podcasts about it. Um, Just about the shame that moms feel when their children reject faith. Because honestly, when it first happens, we think I have failed. I, I had one assignment was to raise my kids to love God. And when they reject God, we think I have failed. (laughs) The one thing I was supposed to do, I didn't achieve. And God has been showing me through almost a decade now that Mama, you are not the author and perfecter of your child's faith. I am. Now, my job was to point my children to God. And I did it well. And I did it faithfully. And they will tell you that I did. But some of their stories don't always go the way we thought they would. And so in in this, with time and lingering with God, I know that he is bigger than any any wayward child, he will call them back. That's not, my job is not to call my wayward child back. That's God's job. But my job is to love my child, to not reject my child for rejecting God, because there are a lot of parents who are just like, well, I can't believe you rejected God. And they put up this wall. And I feel like we are called to love. When we look at all the stories, when we look at the prodigal son story, we look at the father, the Lord said, look at the father and look what he does. Look what he does. He waits. 
he watches. Then when he returns, he embraces him and he throws him a party. And so as moms, that's the attitude that we can have. And instead of begrudging our child and being critical of our child, we can love our child and we can pray and we can wait and we can let God move and we can trust. And so if anything, I'm the champion of the mama who has a child who's walked away from God and to say, it's not over. God is not done yet. And, and he's teaching us something greater. He's teaching us great faith, great faith in him. He is. And what I, I resonate with that on so many different levels. I know, I know for myself, when I went through a difficult period with one of my kids and really, and really felt shame, yes. I had to realize that we can't take on, we can't take on um, the maybe negative things that happen in our children's lives, just mm-hmm. as much as we really can't take on the pride that comes with yes. child is walking with God or, Hey, yeah. my child is doing great. And look, that's a product of me. Yeah. Look at me. <laughs> right. We similarly can't, can't reciprocate um, the, the choices our children's make our children make in their adult lives upon right. ourselves. Um, and the other thing that I, I often think and try to encourage moms with too, is that I think this, there's this perception in Christianity that, that our child has to accept Christ by age 18. Like that's like, that's kind of the formula, right? Like yeah. you, time's up, time's up. Oh boy. <laughs> no, when really they have a lifetime to choose Jesus. Yes. Yes. So you're a pastor's wife. And I think, um, I know for myself, I've really had to fight through and reflect on a lot of the socialization that happens in the church for moms. And I think, especially again, for, for our generation, for the midlife moms who are gen X, which would be like 40 to your age, 57. Um, we are a very specific generation. And I think our generation is different from the boomers. We're different from the millennials, but we were socialized as young moms kind of right at the beginning of that purity culture. And like, I, I took on that belief system that, that I must do, or my job is to do a plus B and it's supposed to equal C. And if it doesn't go that way, then I'm a bad mom. Yeah. I've failed God. Yep. And, I, and then who am I? Right. So you have this group of moms who are just hurting and stuck in that. We, they can get stuck <laughs> feeling like a failure when that's not the case. Like I keep thinking, oh my gosh, he's the God of the universe. Can he not meet my child? <laughs> I mean, he's the God of the universe. He met me when I was 20. So of course, he, he is powerful enough to reveal himself in the way that he needs to for each child. So we have to take this pressure off, but it is, it's cultural. We, we did it. We did it. So you offer what you call um, midlife mindset coaching for moms. So tell yeah. us our audience a little bit, if they have a session with you, tell me what that midlife mindset coaching looks like. Oh gosh, it's so wonderful because honestly, I love to help moms, first of all, look at, there's usually something that's keeping them, that's blocking their relationship. If they have a difficult time, tension with a child, it's usually something they're believing. And so we work a lot of just about mindsets and what she is responsible. We talk a lot about boundaries and we talk a lot about um, 
just helping moms find their new purpose because sometimes we, we get lost in our motherhood and we forget that there are all these things that God has placed inside of us, all these gifts and skills that he wants us to use now. And so I just love, there's a survey, an inventory that I can take moms through to just really help them focus on what is your purpose now? And that's so exciting when you go, oh my gosh, I get to do this. That's what I love about your whole, um, like your whole demeanor, your whole demeanor is, oh, wow, I get to do this. I'll never forget. I did a retreat with Jill Savage an empty nest full life retreat with Jill Savage um, a couple of years ago. And I remember we were talking about kind of the, um, Jill called it the sunny side or the shadow side. And one of the gals said, I just got a raise because I don't have to pour all my money into my kids anymore. And I was like, whoa, now I like that. I, I really like that. I think not soon after that, it was the first fall that my youngest one had gone to college and my husband and I whoops, like a Friday night, we didn't have any ball games to go to. So we went shopping, which we rarely do together. And he was like, should I buy these pair of shoes? And I was like, Hey, you just got a raise because, because <laughs> um, we don't have to spend money on basketball shoes anymore. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's those little things that are just so sweet. And that's just the ability to focus on your marriage again is lovely. I mean, we were married one year and then I was pregnant and then 30 years later, <laughs> the last child leaves the nest. So it's just been so sweet to just celebrate each other. I love this season of marriage. And what are some of the things that you have found have been helpful as you make that transition? Because for a lot of marriages, there's a, there's a bridge that you have to cross really. You just, I think for most marriages, you don't just send that last one out the door and be like, woohoo, now, now (laughs) help out us. And, and you're just as romantic as you were before, or you feel as connected. So tell me, how did you make kind of cross that bridge? Yeah, we started, um, first of all, remembering why we fell in love, Mm. listing those things, you know, the things that you loved about your spouse, um, the character qualities, the personality traits, just who they are, how God made them, and start reflecting on that. And then we we pray together, and we started walking together. Mm. And let me tell you, you think sex is intimacy, you try praying together. Now that is intimacy. Mm -hmm. That is huge. If you can pray with your spouse, wow, that's beautiful. So what do you do if your spouse is not one who is maybe comfortable with that or something? So your, your husband's a pastor, so he may Mm -hmm. naturally take on that role, but encouragement for women who are struggling, like I would love my husband to do that, but he's never done that before. It's something we did with the kids. Yeah. It's just about having conversation. It's about making it safe. And start little, (laughs) start with five minutes before you leave for work. And, you know, when we pray together, we either pray when we're walking or we pray on the couch, but we're always, it's just us. It's just the two of us. We're focused on each other. It like anything else in life, it just takes practice, but we, we can't expect these things to happen if we're not willing to talk about it. So it takes courage. It takes courage to say, honey, I would love this. I I really need this. (laughs) Like, Sometimes we forget that, well, our husband is never going to probably figure out, oh, I bet, I bet she would want me to pray with her. <laughs> you know, that's not very common. Right. You know? so, so it's about being vulnerable with each other, finding a safe way to talk, a safe way to enjoy each other. 
find something that you love to do together. I think that's really important because for so many couples um, during the years when their kids are in the home, um, the kids have been the things that they've done together. And I know we're kind of new grandparents also, but we had to kind of go back to some of that, those original things too, of what to our younger two were involved in college athletics. And so that kind of um, prolonged our involvement in their life because we went to their college sporting events. Um, But finding those things that are things we can do together that we can enjoy. And even just something as simple as going out to eat, which (laughs) isn't, I mean, we didn't do that a lot with four kids. I don't know how you guys were, just a lot. Right. So um, another thing we have found is um, camping. We started camping. We've never camped before. So that's that's kind of a new thing we do. And um, so just finding those, those things that are mutual connections. Right, right, right. So as we finish up our time, um, you talk a lot about how to help um, women with their adult kids what would be the one tip that you would give a mom of adult kids? You have um, what I love with your Instagram stories and your Instagram account is that you, you kind of walk out some of the challenges of um, having kids and, and you, you do it in such an animated way. That's why I love them. But um, what would you do? What would you tell the mom with those practical tips for um, kids who maybe are ignoring her? Oh, that's a good one. Oh my gosh. Because I get this all the time. Moms are like, they want to answer my text. (laughs) Honestly, when you, I wonder if our kids don't ignore us sometimes because when they're with us, it doesn't quite go well. And so it's like an avoidance tactic. So I feel like the best thing moms can do in this season is to become really good listeners just to listen don't try to fix anything. <laughs> don't, don't um, like, you know, we just always want to give advice because that's what we've always done. Like that's our job, but this is the season to listen and just say, tell me about boo, boo, boo. Now they may not want to, they may be like, what are you doing, mom? Why are you asking me these questions? <laughs> but if you can find a moment to just listen, no matter where they're at, and then just say, thank you for sharing that with me. That is um, such good advice. Um, sometimes I'll ask my adult kids when they call, or even if they're, if I can tell that they're starting a conversation where they might be sharing something where I would want to give advice or want to give my opinion. Um, sometimes I just ask them up front, do you, do you need me to just listen? Or if they, or even if they present the situation, like, do you just need me to, to listen? and help you process? Or are you looking for some, some thoughts or advice? That's so good. (laughs) Yeah. Because our, um, I, so I have one girl and three boys and my, um, my daughter is an external processor and she's aware that she is. And we're aware of that, unfortunately, later in life, rather than that would have helped us out in our relationship (laughs) a lot more if I would have known that when she was younger, but So sometimes she'll call and she will just tell me, mom, I just need a process. So I don't want you to really, um, give me any advice. I was like, 
And then some other times she will kind of just unload. And then I'll have to step back and say, what are you needing from me? Are you just needing me to give you some feedback or do you, are you really looking for like some thoughts about the situation? I even do that with my boys sometimes too, because, you know, even as grandparents, um, as a mother-in-law, as all these other roles that come with being a midlife mom, there, there are times when our thoughts are relevant to put out there. We just don't listen and never give our thoughts, but there's, don't you think there's that difference between kind of giving advice versus why didn't you think about this? Yeah. Or, and we can say, would you mind where I stand on it? Could I share with you what I think? Mm -hmm. You know, it's just about maybe being more, I don't know the word, um, purposeful and I don't want to say kind, but like, that's just a kind way to communicate. It is. It is. Yeah. And I think that's a shift. I think our, our, I think that's a big shift again for moms, a new mindset, a new mindset of I'm, I'm not in charge or it's not my job to really tell them. No, it's really my job to, if I have, if I have an observation, um, this is something I did just recently with one of my kids was. I really felt convicted that if I didn't share, share the concern that I had about a big life decision, I would be negligent because you said, you know, you mentioned about we're, we're moms until, you know, till we die. (laughs) So my job now isn't to protect them from things, you know, Mm -hmm. like, but at the same time, if I see them, you know, barreling down a hill, Mm-hmm. and ready to crash. Mm-hmm. And I have never shared a significant concern. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. I still have to answer to God for that. Yeah. And so yeah. I know for this situation, I just told my child, I just said, um, Hey, I just wanted to share with you something that's come across my mind. Um, you can take it or leave it, but I just mm-hmm. would feel unethical if I wouldn't share it with you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. That's so healthy. One time I had a child in a very difficult relationship and they were explaining it to me. And I simply said, if you stay, that would be really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's all I said. Mm-hmm. And they didn't feel bad. <laughs> and eventually they left. Thank you, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> but you know, it's like, whew, it's a fine line. <laughs> right. It is a fine line. But more no. than anything, I want to remain connected to my adult children. And what I see yes. often, what I see so often is there are families that are just torn apart. And I'm like, it doesn't have to be like that. You can disagree and still love each other. You can disagree and still be respectful. You can disagree and still listen. Because I think what moms feel, if I listen to their opinion, then it means I believe it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It just means that you're being a respectful human to a person that you birthed and you will love forever. You know, it's like just humanity 101. Well, Pamela, um, you have so much wisdom and I want to direct everyone as we wrap up this episode to your website. Um, they can find you at PamelaHankelman.com, but you have a free guide there called your kids are grown. Now what? And I know that it's going to be full of encouraging life-giving material. And I also just want people to know that if you feel stuck 
And if you feel like you just need someone to help guide you through um, this season of your life, um, contact Pamela for uh, for coaching because I don't do coaching anymore, or I shouldn't <laughs> say anymore. I'm currently not doing coaching. Um, yeah actively. And, um, and it's really important to me that I have good people to refer others to. And I just love what you offer. You have such good wisdom. So visit Pamela on Instagram, everyone run to her account because you will not regret doing that and find her on Instagram, find her at her website, uh, listen to her podcast called the midlife mama podcast. It's a great compliment to our podcast here at the midlife moms podcast. And Pamela, is there any last words that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Oh gosh. I just want to say, mama, you are going to make it. <laughs> you just keep holding on to Jesus and keep loving your kids and you're going to make it and be open to the good God has in this season. No, what great advice. So thank you so much friends for joining us here at the midlife moms podcast. Um, you can join us here again, visit Pamela at the midlife mama podcast. We are like sisters. We're like friends. We're like, uh, siblings. We're siblings. We are. (laughs) And we are just so glad to have you here. And so thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me.